You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello, welcome to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. I am Laura Cheadle and I work with women who have been betrayed by their intimate partner and really, really are ready to move through it and to heal. I work with women who want to find peace, who want to find understanding, and who are really, really ready to be objective, to self-reflect, not to give their partners a pass, but to really look at the experience in a whole and to make the best of it in the best way possible. And what I mean by that is not spiritually bypassing things, not by just smiling and putting on a positive face, but by really, really digging deep, looking at themselves in their lives and realizing that this experience is the catalyst that they may have needed their whole life to finally move into the kind of life that they have always wanted, but maybe didn't know how to receive. Maybe didn't know that they even could articulate what it was that they needed. They just sensed that, gosh, maybe my relationship could be better. Maybe my self-worth could be better. Maybe what I wanted out of life. I just wanted things to be a little bit different and a little bit better. This is the catalyst to finally make those changes, to finally get honest and real and vulnerable, and to step back into your own power to really create the kind of life that you deserve, the kind of life that you have wanted, but maybe you were even too afraid to express. So that's who I am. And that's what I do. And this show is really designed to answer some of those tough questions, some of those really difficult things that come up for you during this process. So with that said, if you've got something that you're stuck on, if you're really working something out in your head and you just can't quite move to that next level, please reach out. You can find me on all social media. Or you can reach out directly, laura at laurachedle.com. And that's spelled L-O-R-A at L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. And you can just email me your questions. And then I can either do a show answering that question, or we can get together one-on-one for free for about 20 minutes, and we can just have a little conversation about what's going on with you, and I can give you whatever I know about kicking you forward, about moving to that next level, about breaking through that block, about whatever it is that is going to keep you healthy, happy, and moving into your fullest potential and greatest good, no matter what 
you have been through. And yes, I am a survivor of infidelity as well. And I know exactly what it's like. The devastation, the pain, the heartache. I also know what it's like to try to parent and to try to work as you're going through the betrayal recovery process. So believe it or not, I have been there too. I understand and I am here for whatever you need. All right, enough about that and on with today's show. Today, we're going to talk about getting over the affair, getting over it. When I was running my uh, monthly Sunday Sanity Affair Recovery Support Group, one of the things that we talked about last time was getting over it. And so many of the women said things like, I just don't think I can get over this. I can't ever get over it. It was too big. And here's what I want to do today. Today, I want to go through the top three ways that you can get over it. Because none of us want to spend the rest of our life hung up on the worst point of our life. Life is long, and a lot of good things and a lot of bad things happen. And whenever we're hung up on something, whenever we can't get over something, that's the part that we start replaying and replaying and replaying. And then that becomes the energetic imprint for our whole life. And I don't know about you, but for me, I don't want the energetic imprint of my life to be all about betrayal, to be about being stuck, to be about not being able to get over it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The top three ways that you can finally get over the affair and start living Not only start living, but start loving and enjoying your life once again. All right, the very first step in getting over an affair is realizing that some things you don't get over. And I know that might not be the exact thing that you wanted to hear in a podcast about getting over an affair. But here's why that is important. I want you to realize that some things you just don't get over and that's okay. That's how it's supposed to be. Let me ask you this question. If you have ever had something significant happen to you, like a death, You don't just get over the death of a loved one. You move through it. You recover. You're able to create a positive life after the event, but you just don't get over it. Same thing with a lot of significant health concerns, illnesses, injuries. If you lose a leg or an arm or your vision, or anything like that, you don't just get over it. Can you and will you lead a fulfilling, happy, healthy life? Absolutely you will. But you're not 
just going to get over something. Some things you're not supposed to get over. And that's why the first step in getting over an affair is to realize that some things you don't really get over. So if you're not going to get over it, then what is it that you want to do with it? Where do you want to go from here, realizing that this isn't something that's just going to go away? That's another phrase that I hear so many women say. I just want it to go away. I can tell you in my own experience, I just want it to wake up and to have it not be true. I want it to not remember. I want it just to be on the other side of this and for this to be such a distant memory that if somebody were to say, do you remember that? It would be one of those situations where you have to go back and search your mind and then be like, oh yeah, 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 I think I remember that, but gosh, I just haven't thought about that for years and it hasn't impacted me for so long. And unfortunately, that's not really <laughs> how it happens. That's not really what it's about. I would like to be able to tell you that fairy tales are true, but they're not. They are. But the true fairy tales are true because they do not follow the scripted storyline of the fairy tales that we are told as children. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. The fairy tales that we are told as children always come back around to the culturally appropriate ending of the story. The girl gets the boy. The boy slays slays the dragon. The girl is beautiful. They are happy. They're in partnership and they lived happily ever after. The idea of living happily ever after is absolutely not a true idea. We can and we will live happily ever after for a moment in time, for a short period of time, but life is a series of ups and downs. And even though things will be going good in one moment, in another moment, they're going to cycle back down. And for much of life, it's just this kind of little wave where everything is just kind of meh. And really, that's what's normal in life. The other thing about a fairy tale that I want to point out, because this is all about that realization that you might not get over it, no, that you won't (laughs) get over it, is the belief that you don't have to be partnered up in this handsome prince, beautiful princess relationship in order to get over it and to move on. Because that's another fallacy. A lot of the women that I work with say, once I find a new relationship then, or I would love to know if I were going to find love again. Because if I know that there's another relationship out there waiting, then I'm really gonna push through this and I'm gonna move on and things are gonna be better. But if there's not a relationship waiting for me, I might just settle for this one. I might just work on this one. And that is all tied into that fairy tale thinking. 
thinking that keeps you trapped and keeps you locked in this fairy tale idea that you're just going to get over this and you're going to move on and things will be fine and you will be happily coupled up and partnered up and that you will forget that this ever happened. You may or may not find a new relationship. It may or may not work out with your current spouse. And none of that matters. You are never going to forget that the infidelity happened. You are never going to be free from the memories completely, free from the impact. You have been wounded. You've been broken. When you heal, a scar is formed. The scar can be stronger than before. It can make you more beautiful than before. And you will still always be scarred from this experience. The key is in allowing this experience to heal and to form that scar so you're not running around with an open wound your entire life. When people run around with an open wound is when they say things they don't mean to say. They do things they don't mean to do. They get trapped in obsessive thoughts. They're always crying. They're always triggered. They're always in some sort of a rage or revenge state. Walking around with an open wound literally means that you're actively bleeding and oozing all over everybody else, but also all over yourself and your life. And you deserve so much more. It doesn't matter that you're scarred. Being scarred is something to be proud of. It's something to be grateful for. And it is the goal that you are striving to reach when you talk about getting over it. Getting over an affair means being fully scarred by the affair and being fully healed and living from that place of being scarred, but not being open, seething, bloody, wounded, raw, and cut. So that's that first step in getting over an affair. Realizing some things you never get over. Realizing that what it really means when we're all saying get over the affair is allowing that wound to heal and to scar over. And it also means letting go of some of that fairy tale thinking that you're just going to find new love, or we're just going to work it out with my partner, or things will be better when. It's about letting go of that narrative. Maybe this narrative was put on you by family, friends, culture, society. Maybe it's a narrative that you carried within your heart from childhood, that this is what a relationship looks like. And that this is how people treat each other. I definitely had a lot of narratives in my head. I definitely thought that married people were in love. 
and that we could never really hurt each other and that we would never do something bad to the other person. I definitely had a lot of fairy tale thinking going on. And it wasn't until I was far on the other side of betrayal and betrayal recovery that I could really start seeing how staying stuck and locked in those narratives, in that fairy tale thinking, really kept me trapped and did not help me to get over the affair. Now, the second step, and it's kind of part and parcel in the first step, which is realizing that some things you never get over. But the second step is defining for yourself what it means to get over an affair. I have given you a lot of different examples about, you know, fairy tales and narratives and and things like that and, and how living from the scar as opposed to living from the wound is a great place to be. And that's true. And it's accurate for so many of the women that I have worked with. It may not be accurate for you. And that is okay. What I want you to do as a part of your betrayal recovery, is to find for yourself what it means to get over it. What it means to get over the affair. Yes, I encourage you to use some of the definitions, uh, you know, living from the scar instead of living from the wound. I encourage you to think about some of those things. But the bottom line is, I don't know your lived experience. I don't know what's in your heart. I don't know your culture. I don't know what you want and what getting over it means or looks like for you. So that's that second step. Defining for yourself, what does it mean to get over this? Now, don't be surprised if when you first start thinking, what does it mean to get over the affair? That it's hard to come up with an answer. Don't edit your thoughts. But what I encourage you to do is get a pen and paper or sit down at your laptop or with your phone and just do a little bit of journaling about what does it mean to get over an affair? What does it mean for me to get over this? And when I said don't edit your thoughts, what I mean by that is it's okay to write down statements like, I want it, I want it to feel like it never happened. I want it to go away. I want my spouse to do all the hard work. It's okay to write down statements and things that you know are unrealistic that you know really wouldn't provide healing. I just want you to write them all down. And the reason that it's important to write down even the simple, silly statements is because when we read it, when we have let something come out of our head and we have put it out on paper in a journal and then we go back to it and read it, It's so much easier to dismiss. It's so much easier to, ha ha, get 
over when we've written it out. Because we see what it is. And then our brain is looking at it like an outsider would look at it. And we can realize, oh, that's truly not getting over it. Pretending it, it's just not there. Pretending it didn't happen. That's not really real. That's ignoring it. That's, you know, putting on a happy face. That's spiritually bypassing, whatever. But that's not really what I desire. That's my child's mind saying, I just want it to go away. But once you get those things out, then you can start getting into the real reasons, the real ways that you want to feel and what it means to you to get over it. Getting over it might mean being free from obsessive thoughts. Getting over it might mean not thinking about the affair 150 million times a day, not thinking about it even once a day, maybe. You need to write that down for you. For the longest period of time, I would intentionally think about the affair. I would intentionally think about how I felt, about how it was impacting me, because I wanted to keep going deeper. I wanted to continue to process. And because I was feeling better, I didn't want to forget in a way that I was in the middle of recovery and not get to the deeper parts of recovery. I wanted to keep having the experience front and center in my mind. So things that my husband said or did, things that I said or did, we wouldn't fall into the same habits. We wouldn't fall into the same patterns. So I would intentionally keep the affair front and center, and I would use that as a filter for so much of our new interactions. Now, not as a filter of punishment, (laughs) not as a filter of you did this then, so now you owe me now, but as a filter of, hey, you feeling not, you not feeling validated, you getting your feelings hurt, you not feeling important, and then you not communicating those things to me led you to seek validation elsewhere. Because I know that that was a huge piece of the reason why he had affairs. I want to keep it front and center in our relationship. So going forward, I can look at his face and instead of doing things that I used to do in the past, like saying, huh, he looks a little stressed, but whatever, he'll let me know if he needs something, I'm not going to interfere. Or, huh, he looks kind of angry and he's really shutting down. I guess, I guess I'll back out. Taking the time to actually connect with him on a different level. Hey, you look sad, hurt, angry, or, you know, whatever it is. Do you want to talk about it? Or do you want me to back off for a while so you can process? Let me know whatever it is that you need. Which shows him that I am indeed tuned into him. I am curious about him. 
And I also know that that has been a problem, that in the past he was not aware enough about his needs and his feelings to express them. Now, from his point of view, he's also aware of this. So he's better now about saying things like, that hurt my feelings. You haven't said anything about my appearance, what I've done in the yard, whatever it is. I'm not feeling very loved and validated. Can we have a conversation? So we're both mindful. And that's what I mean when I say using the affair as a filter for the rest of our relationship. I am more mindful of being caring and leaning into his emotions and asking questions. He is more mindful about connecting to his own emotions and expressing what he wants from me. So that's what I mean by using the affair as a filter. And that's why I kept it front and center in my mind and why I still do keep it pretty front and center in my mind. So for me, defining what does it mean to get over it? I don't ever want to stop thinking about the affair. I don't ever want to stop thinking about the affairs. This was a critical learning moment in our relationship. It was not pleasant, but we both learned. It was not pleasant, but we both grew and changed and developed from it. So no, I don't want to forget that it happened. I don't want to slip back into old habits, and I don't want him to slip back in old habits. Now, 50 years down the line, 20 years down the line, 10 years down the line, am I still going to feel this way? I don't know. I'm not there yet. But for right now, for right after I learned of the affairs, and for right now, and for next week, I continue to define in my mind what it means to get over it. What's important about doing that also is so you can track and gauge your own progress. If your definition of getting over the affair means only thinking about it 10 times a day, or if it means only crying two or three times a day, or if it means not obsessively Googling the affair partner's name or checking up on your partner's phone or whatever it is, you need to write down what it is that you want and what it means for you to get over the affair so you can track your progress. Otherwise, you will just move on and life will move on. And it's not that it's bad that life moves on. It's just that one day you'll realize I didn't cry. And then at some point you'll wake up and you'll be like, whoa, it's been a whole week that I haven't cried over this. Or, huh, I haven't checked my partner's phone for so long and I haven't even thought about it. You need to validate yourself. And the only way to validate yourself is by setting standards for yourself. And that's what defining what it means to get over it. That's why it's so important for you to do. So you can then gauge, hey, I'm almost, quote unquote, over it. 
I have reached this milestone, this standard that I wanted for myself. And then you can validate yourself. You can pat yourself on the back, you can cheer yourself on, and you will know that you have achieved growth, that you have made progress. And the beautiful thing about setting and defining your own standards is at whatever point that it is that you've reached that standard or that you haven't reached the standard, you can still modify it because this is your life and you are living to your own satisfaction. You don't have to live up to anybody else's expectations. So write down what it means for you to get over it. And then keep track of how close or how far you are from meeting your own standards. And be sure to celebrate whenever you reach a milestone. Instead of just being like, yeah, well, I got it. That's fine. Whatever. Celebrate. Because a fair recovery is big. A fair recovery is deep. (laughs) And it takes time. And it's really, really imperative to celebrate our own successes. The other thing around defining what it means for you to get over it is don't expect to just sit down and do it in a 15-minute session. First of all, it's going to send you into a little bit of a tailspin. You might go down a rabbit hole of all the bad things and what he took away from you. And before this, I felt so confident. And before this, I had trust. And what did I do to deserve that? Blah, blah. Like, it's going to send you in kind of a weird place. And that's okay. Keep just gently bringing yourself. Yes, and. It's not yes, but. It's yes, and. Yes, he did this, and. Here I am right now. And I want to figure out what it means to get over it. Yes, he did this. And (laughs) here I am right now figuring out what it means to get over it because I want to get over it. Because I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to not be broken. I want to live from a beautiful healed scar. I want to be stronger than before, and I want to be very clear and confident in myself and my worth, so I no longer find myself in this or any similar situation again. So going back, that first step is realizing some things you never really get over. They scar over, and that is the goal. And then number two, defining it for yourself, what it means. Like I said, in defining what it means, let yourself go down some rabbit holes. Take some time. Think about it. And I also want to encourage you to think about it in terms of, first of all, your headspace, your mindset. Are you positive? Are you obsessing? What does it mean to be over it in terms of your mindset? The second thing I want you to think about is what does it mean to be over it 
in terms of your physicality. I don't know about you, but when I was going through the whole betrayal recovery thing, I was nauseous. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't control my body. I felt disembodied. I literally felt disembodied. I did not feel like I was taking deep breaths. I felt hunched over. I felt crippled in my body. Define how you want your body to feel. I want to feel expansive. (sighs) I want my breath to be deep and I want to flow. I want my shoulders relaxed. I don't want a headache. I don't want a stomach ache. I don't want any negative tense sensations in my body. I want my belly soft, my shoulders dropped, my forehead relaxed. I want to smile easily. That was another thing for me. I felt like my face was stuck in this permanent frown, in this like hang dog expression. And I'd look in the mirror and I'd think, oh my God, who is that? For me, betrayal recovery meant getting my smile back. One of the things that I talk a lot about with my clients, and even, you know, the whole name of the show is getting your sparkle back, finding your sparkle. Your sparkle is just the soul inside, the light inside, your passion, your energy, your purpose. And it's about getting that back. And for me, that meant being the happy person that I used to be, being engaged with others and with life getting in the car, driving around, singing a song, feeling confident, moving my body to music, cleaning my house. Cleaning my house was really something that I wanted to get back to. Because before when I was so depressed and I was just laying on the floor and crying, I didn't care what things looked like. For me, part of betrayal recovery meant decorating again. It meant letting go of some of the furniture and dishes and bed and clothing that reminded me of some of the bad times. For me, getting over it meant making my house a little bit different. I'm still in that process. That is something that I haven't quite come around to achieving yet. Now, we're going to put a little bookmark right here. Some of the things that I haven't quite come around to achieving yet have not been achieved because COVID happened. (laughs) But it's not that I didn't allow my recovery to go forward because COVID happened and there's a wood shortage and I can't get my entryway remodeled the way that I said that I wanted my entryway remodeled. As silly as it might sound, my entryway was like the coming into my world. It was that place in my house where I welcome people in. And I felt, for me, that part of my betrayal recovery would be creating this beautiful entryway space. My house is a 20-some-year-old, 28, 29-year-old house, and it still has the contractor entryway and the contractor railings. So part of betrayal recovery for me was redoing that kind of public space, so I could welcome people in again to my heart, 
so I could welcome people into my life, my home, my heart. And part of the betrayal recovery was redoing my entry hall. It might sound silly, but that was something that I felt it was important to me. And then COVID hit, and then there was a wood shortage. And then I live in Colorado. We also had the Marshall Fire, the fires up by Boulder. And contractors are so busy, you cannot get a contractor to save your life around here. But I'm still not saying, oh my gosh, I'm not healed because I didn't get my entryway done. It's still on my list. It's still an important thing for me. I still believe that I want to redo that public space to welcome people into my new space. That's still valid for me. And I'm also fully in touch with what's going on in the world. And it's not like I'm sitting back saying, oh, I just can't heal until that is done. It might take another few years. And that's okay. I defined it. In my heart, I'm ready to do it. And even though it hasn't been completed yet, I am still healed because of it. So write down what it means for you to get over it. What you need in order to get over it. What you want in order to get over it. What you deserve in order to get over it. Another thing that I needed to get over it was constant understanding, constant communication, constant going deeper with it. Some people don't want that, but I wanted to keep learning, to keep growing. For me, getting over it meant continuing the journey of understanding around infidelity and why some people cheat. To continue my growth and my education and my discovery, to buy courses, to invest in coaching, to listen to podcasts, to buy books, to continue my exploration and my curiosity around that. Not only so I could help you, so I could help women like you, but also so I could continue to help myself. And those are just a couple examples of the things that I needed to get over it and what I wrote down for myself. And then what I have validated myself for. Yes, you did it. I don't cry anymore. I don't wake up and cry anymore. Yes, I think about the affair every day because I want to, but I don't think about it in terms of, oh my God, wasn't that awful? oh my God, I am so, you know, abused or whatever. I think about it in terms of the filter. And it makes me actually feel very positive because I know the tools that I have now. Because I know the understanding that I have now. Because I understand now why it happened and what I can do to keep myself healed and healthy and happy. And since my husband and I stayed together, I can also see how he has gotten over it and how he is validating his list of how he wanted to get over it and how I am validating my list of how I wanted to get over it, which leads me right into the third point. The third thing that you need in order to get over the affair is to differentiate 
between the things that you can control and the things that you can't. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, is that a big one. Let me tell you. Differentiating between the things that you can control and the things that you can't. Do you remember when I said on step two, when you're defining for yourself what it means to get over it, to just let yourself write everything down? Even if it's not realistic, even if it's just silly or eye rolling, like I just wish it never would have happened, just to write it down and to let yourself put those irrational thoughts out there on paper so they're not rattling around in your head. Similarly, it's okay to write down all the things that you need from your partner. But you may or may not get them because getting them is not within your control. So as you're creating this list, and you're writing down the completely irrational, silly things, and you're writing down the things that he needs to tell me, and he needs to be honest, and he needs, and by the way, I'm just saying he and she because it's general. Um, I do realize that women can have female partners, men can have male partners, it can be men listening to the show, women listening to the show. I recognize and realize that it's all combinations thereof, but just for ease in communicating, oftentimes I default into we women and they men. So that was just my little moment of clarity right there. It's okay to write down the things that you need from your partner. I need you to rot in Hades. <laughs> I need you to be honest. I need you to share your phone with me. I need you to cut contact with the affair partner. I need you to express what you need and what you want from me. I need you to, it's okay to write all of those things down. But you also have to be very mindful that those are things you can't control. If you are working things out with your partner and your partner is also committed to working things out, then yes, having the list of requirements. I require honesty. I need to be able to see your phone. You must sever all contact forevermore with the affair partner no matter what. You will need to find a new place to work. Whatever it is, it is entirely appropriate for you to write down what you need in order to get over this. And that gives your partner a choice. Your partner can say, I recognize that you need these things in order to get over the affair and I'm willing to give them to you. Or, your partner can also say, I recognize that you need these things in order to get over the affair, and I am not okay giving them to you. And that, my dear, dearest dear, sadly, is the end of the story. Because at this point, what you were left with is you can either capitulate and say, all right, I didn't really need them. 
but in your heart, feel bitter, feel resentful, and then maybe never get over the affair because what you needed to get over the affair was not given to you. And that is your choice to suck it up and to not really get over it. But I don't know about you, but I don't want to live bitter and resentful. I want to live fully, healthily, completely. I want to live and create a legacy of love for everybody around me. The choice is yours. If your partner refuses to give you what you want, you must respect their decision. Because that is their decision. And just like you have the right to define exactly what it is you need to get over the affair, they too have the right to define exactly what they need and want going forward as well. And perhaps both of your needs are in alignment, and perhaps they're not. And when they're not, you have the choice. And that choice is to suck it up yourself or to walk away. And I hate to be so painfully blunt about that, but it's true. If your partner says, no, I am not cutting contact with the affair partner, no, you may not see my phone, you may not have my passwords, you literally have two choices. And those choices are suck it up and not get what you want and live the rest of your life in some sort of misery, in some sort of confusion or pain, or to walk away. And I understand that walking away might not be what you want to do. But if this person cannot meet your needs, then that might be your only choice. Now in the same vein, differentiating between what you can control and what you can't control. Write down what you want your partner to do. That's fine. You can communicate that. That's fine. You may not want to stay with your partner. Your partner may not want to stay with you, and that's fine too. And you can still write down things about what you might want a future partner or a future relationship to be like. With the full realization that whatever future partner or whatever future relationship you enter into, that partner still has free will too. And that they can say yes or no. And that at that point, it's up to you then to decide to roll over, accept what they're offering, or to walk away. I also realize that when I'm saying roll over, you're going to live your life miserable. That's not always true. Sometimes you write something down and you think this is what I want. But then times change and then you realize, you know, I thought that was was something that I really wanted that was really important to me, but it really, it's okay. Some things are vitally important. They are a core value of who you are and what you want. And some things don't matter that much. It's not that you, it's not that I'm telling you to never compromise no matter what. We have to compromise in life. Life is about give and take, but it's about the understanding of what is something that's core and primal and necessary, and what is just a preference. I think for most people, but especially after cheating, cheating again is 
a hard no. (laughs) That's a hard line for most people. Yes, some people might move into an open relationship, but that's not cheating. That's different. That's consensual. So again, it's understanding. It's being expressly and explicitly clear about what it is that you desire, what it is that you need, what is a non-negotiable, and what is something that you prefer, but you're really okay either way. And I encourage you before you have the conversations with your partner, either your present partner or a future partner, to get really clear on yourself before you address it with them. And then when you're addressing it with them, not to come in very hard, but to come in curious. And what I mean by that is not come in wimpy and then just kind of maybe suggest it and then roll over or walk away. That's not what I'm meaning. What I'm meaning by come in not so hard and a little curious is come in with a statement such as, one of my core values is integrity. For me, living in integrity looks like X, Y, and Z. What living in integrity means to me is A, B, and C. What I really want in a partner is someone who blah, 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 blah. How does that fit with you? What are your thoughts around that? That's what I mean by coming in with curiosity and softness. Because words are funny. And sometimes if you approach somebody saying, I need to live in integrity, and they'll be saying, yes, I totally need to live in integrity too. And integrity is so important to me. And you just keep going on and you're having this integrity conversation. And then you realize that you, by you saying living in integrity, it means truth. It means honesty. It means expressing what you feel. And by somebody else meaning in integrity, it means something entirely different. It can mean never speaking your truth and just always giving people what they, what you think they want to hear on the surface, but never doing the hard stuff. It could mean going behind their back and doing something your own way, but on the surface, telling them that you did it their way just to keep the peace. Words are funny, and we all have different definitions. So that's what I mean by going in a little bit soft and going in a little bit curious. So you can start understanding, oh, this is important to me. Oh, this is not important to me. That's okay. We can totally work this out. I get it. So those are the three steps that you need to do if you ever want to get over the affair and start living and loving and enjoying your life again. You first need to realize that some things you never get over. And to make peace with that, it it can be prayer. It can be meditation. It can be journaling. It can be attending support groups like my Sunday Sanity Betrayal Recovery. It can be meeting with a good counselor. It can be meeting with a good coach. It can be meeting with clergy or friends. But really coming to terms with the fact that you're not just going to get over this. You don't just get over a house fire, a loss of a limb, a loss of a loved one. You don't just get over an affair. 
So come to terms with that. And again, like I said earlier, if you want to meet with me, I'll meet with you for free for 20 minutes, laura at lauracheadle.com. If you want to coach with me, I have an amazing coaching program where we meet once a month. You have a hypnosis that you use the other three weeks, and then bam, we're meeting again. As part of my coaching program, I also have Voxer access, which means you get to speak. Voxer is kind of like a walkie-talkie app. You get to speak, and then I respond to you. So as you're like moving through this, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get over this. You have someone to talk to who understands. The second step in getting over an affair is defining for you what it means to get over an affair. Getting really clear on what does getting over an affair look like for me? If you don't know what you want, how are you going to know what to strive for? We all say, I want to get over an affair, but unless you can define what that looks like, how do you know which direction to turn? How do you know which podcast to pick up? How do you know which coach to hire? How do you know what to talk about at your next counseling appointment? If you don't know your final destination, you're just going to keep spinning. And then you're going to say, why do I always have obsessive thoughts? Why do I feel so stuck? I'll tell you why. You're stuck because you haven't defined what it means for you to get over it. And then number three, differentiating between what you can control and what you can't control. And only taking on that which you can control. And then continuing to validate yourself. Noticing how far you've come, how much progress you're making, and how good you really are doing. It has been such an honor and a pleasure to be here today talking about getting over an affair. It's one of those things that is just so near and dear to my heart because everybody that I work with, everybody that I talk to desperately wants to get over the affair, but nobody really knows what it means or how to do it. If you have questions, reach out Laura at lauracheadle.com. I would love to work with you. I would love to help you. And I would love to answer your questions on future podcasts. In the meantime, have an amazing week. And most importantly, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are, because who you are is always more than enough. Are you looking for a great way to make new connections and spread your wings? Revel is a new kind of social platform exclusively for women over 40, where you can do just that. With virtual and in real life events, authentic conversations, and no ads, Revel is the community site exclusively designed for like-minded, fabulous, fun women in midlife. Learn more and join for free at hellorevel slash flaunt. That's hello, R-E-V is in Victor, E-L, dot com slash flaunt. Come join us. It's nourishing and super fun. Wait a minute. Before you go on, I've got something for you that you are going to love. It's the Sparkle After Betrayal Recovery Guide, a downloadable guide that shows you exactly how to untangle yourself from the past, powerfully reclaim your sexy, and re-choreograph your future one step at a time. The best part? It's free. 
and downloading it gives you access to our monthly support calls as well. What are you waiting for? Break out of the pain and get your sparkle on today. Go to NakedSelfWorth.com. That's www.NakedSelfWorth.com and get your guide today. You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how 